explore everything. And if you think you have to do a certain career path because your parents think so, or that's what you went to college for or whatever, it's like you will end up doing the thing that you're supposed to do as long as you just keep doing the things that you're passionate about. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Chris, and welcome to another episode of Becoming Elite Podcast. Today, I have Ryan Snod with Snod Media Group, right? Yes, yeah. Ryan Snod. It rhymes with odd. That's what I always tell people. <laughs> people struggle and then with he's, it. He's even got his own podcast, Rhymes with Odd. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a great one. I was on that one earlier, and then now roles reversed. We got me interviewing you versus you interviewing me. Absolutely. Yeah. I, Chris told me he wanted me on the show. I'm like, I'll even host it. I'll be the guest, and I'll host it because- Everything's already set up in here. So. Right. And we get this great, great room to be able to do it. I think it's awesome. For Makes sure. it a lot easier. Hopefully yeah. I get this, a space like this here set up here soon. It's sure. In it, the progress. It sounds like it's that's in the works. Uh, and I'm excited because I was just in there last week and I could, I could definitely visualize as you're walking me through what your vision is for it. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. I think get some good equipment and some lights and hopefully get something going at some point versus just being online. For sure. I think this interaction of being face-to-face is a lot easier and a lot better. Oh, yeah. And especially just in real-life podcasts, I feel like everyone everyone's favorite podcast is uh, in person, you know, besides yeah. the Kelsey brothers that have the, <laughs> the really popular <laughs> one. But they're related, so they yeah. can be charismatic yeah. over the internet. But I think it's uh, – people crave that a long-form interaction. It's like in this world of short-form, get me a 15-second clip that hit a dopamine and go on. It's like I think people are kind of missing – this like right, what, right. what's the real story what's the deep stuff what's actually yeah, happening absolutely and that's kind of where we're going with this like we want to know your real story like you're interviewing everyone else and knowing their story but how did ryan snod become snod media group and where you've come today like that's not what that wasn't your major plan at the beginning was it no so i guess my i would say my origin story with video started sophomore year of college okay. i got accepted into the study abroad program in Europe and I wanted to document everything. And it was the, the time of the YouTube vlogger. So if you're familiar oh, with like yeah. Sam Colder and some of these other people that made like travel vlogging cinematic and cool, I was like, this is so cool. I want to do that. So my grandma got me a, a GoPro for silver edition. Yeah. I still have it. was expensive back then. Yeah, it was like 500 bucks for yeah. a little dinky camera. Yeah. Um, but I download it all and like you didn't know if everything was going to work or what you even had on there. Yeah. And luckily GoPros are kind of idiot proof because there's no focusing. You just hit go and hope be pointed at the yeah. thing that's happening. Um, so I went to Europe, recorded everything. I have vlogged the whole thing and I ran home and got on Windows Movie Maker, which is like a free yeah. editing platform that's really terrible. But I was so fired up and like I edited that video, put it out the next day. And it didn't do super well, but I was like so excited. I just love that process. Like I almost look forward to editing the video more than I did the actual trip. Cause I was like, I just want to remember this forever. And this was going to be so cool. So I started, that was my first video I ever did. Um, fast forward, I worked at T- Target at the time and okay. I was in Southside Des Moines. There's some <laughs> Shooterville down there. We had some <laughs> theft and stuff like that, but I worked in the electronics area oh, yeah. and there was a Canon camera in the, in the case for like 500 bucks. So I was like, okay, like I want to get more serious about this video thing. So I bought this camera, but not even knowing anything about it. It's a photo camera. So it was like, without going nerdville on everybody, yeah. it barely did HD. It was not a video camera. It was terrible. But I bought that camera for 500 bucks sophomore year. And in the next 12 months, I made like $10,000 with it. So I took okay. all that money and bought most of the gear I still use today and upgraded everything to 4K and just got a basic gimbal and just a couple basic mics. Yeah. And that was kind of how my business started. So right. um was doing that while working full-time or working, I should say, part-time at Target, 
full-time student and I shot videos for fun here and there. Yeah. So, so you said you were a sophomore? A sophomore in college, yeah. Yep. So sophomore to senior year is kind of when you kind of grasped that and started, like when you said you were making money, like what was your progress of making money there? Like were you out doing weddings, like photo shoots? Because you said it didn't do video, right? Yeah. So I, I, I used my camera for video, even though it wasn't like a specific video camera. Okay. So it like... It's kind of like using a hammer to screw in something like it could probably get the screw in, but you need to use a screwdriver. But right. so that's what I was doing. I was using the wrong tool for the job, <laughs> um, but people were gracious and let me shoot. And kind of my, my first paying gig, we had uh, Trent Murphy on the show, on my show. Um, his wife, Renee, um, was my first, she put me on my first job okay. and it was for the Ankeny Economic Development Corporation. And it's like the group that encourages businesses to move to Ankeny to start. Yeah. So they were like, Hey. Uh, I, I reached out to them and said, Hey, I'm really wanting to do so, like a video internship and just kind of create my own thing. And yeah. they said, well, we don't have money to pay you, but like with this video project, we could give you like 500 bucks. So I shot like 16 shoots over the course of the, I, I probably got paid a dollar an hour or something stupid. <laughs> something really cheap for them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I did that. And then through that process, I interviewed like six or seven really prominent people in Ankeny, like, um, like Dennis Allball, like the okay. billionaire, yeah. like was my first dude. And I was so intimidated to interview him. And like, you know, um, Rob Dennison, the DMAC president of the okay. college yeah. and like people like that that were very well known in the community. And a lot of them were like, Hey, like you're really charismatic. We really enjoyed working with you. Um, like keep us in mind. Like if you want to do videos in the future. So that was kind of my first, like getting into it type right. thing, shooting for commercial clients. And then I did things around campus. I shot some, like a swimming hype video for my buddy who's the captain yeah. of the swim team. And uh, some things around campus for nonprofits and then things just kind of grew from there. Yeah. And you were just putting that out on like YouTube or like on their websites? Yeah. So YouTube, um, I had a Vimeo account as well. And then um, I had like a basic website, just ryansnod.com, which is mm -hmm. now my like personal brand site. But that was like Snod Media Group at the time. It was like yeah. all my outward facing stuff. Like I was the brand of, of yeah. my business. So. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because a lot of what, what we were talking time frame wise, like what years um, so I graduated in 2017 from college. So it'd have been like 15, 16, 15, 17. 16. Okay. And then going into senior year, um, I didn't know I wanted to do video full time. I was honestly, I, my skill set wasn't there yet. Like I just was learning on YouTube. I went to school for business and sociology. So I never learned, I never took a film class. I never went to like yeah. film theory or directing school. Like so I self-taught, self-taught YouTube university, baby. Yeah. So I got my degree from YouTube <laughs> university. Um, it was ironic though, because then I came back and shot, I got hired to shoot the brand launch campaign commercial for Simpson college, like two okay. years later. Yeah. And we were in the film built. There's a building like a, a film production building. I had never stepped foot in there once. Never been in there. And they're like, that's weird. They said you were an alumni, like never saw you in class. I'm like, yeah, I learned everything online. It was just kind of like a major diss to all those professors. Right, I'm like, right. I, you're not valuable as you think you are. Right. Just remember those kids. You can get a degree on YouTube. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like that's crazy. Yeah. So you took that, that, and then just kind of ran with it after that. Yeah. So my, I, I didn't do, I don't, I never started doing the business full time out of college. So okay. I was going into senior year and I couldn't find a job because it was like, Agencies wanted three to four years of experience, entry-level stuff. So I'd had a marketing internship and a sales internship in college. And both of those really, I knew I'd be good at sales. So if I decided to not do anything marketing, like I could get a job in sales. So I'd had a job offer in um, Cabela's selling timeshares to people yeah. walking by. 
which I knew timeshares are like a terrible investment. I'm like, I don't want to sell like <laughs> snake oil to old people looking for a bass boat or something. Right, right. So there was that option. And then the um, there was an agency I had met that I really liked. They were Applied Art and Technology in Urbandale. And I had met with them, told them like what my vision for. I, I was like going to create my own position. I was like, hey, I have really a lot of value I could add. So after six interviews, they finally offered me a job there. So I worked there. Six interviews. Huh? Yeah. Dude, lunch. We did everything. I'm like, get shitter off the pot, guys. I, I got to. Like, holy cow. I got to accept I, the job. Like, I'm. Like, are you going for a doctorate degree getting six interviews? Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. So, because I, I had to sell them on like, hey, I, I have the skill set. Yeah. It could benefit you guys. Um, So I came in and at the time, so they did, there's 20 people that worked there and they uh-huh. offered like video production websites, um, live event coverage, stuff like that. So I came in and did more marketing strategy for them to help okay. get recurring monthly clients that they would have, you know, like a typical agency would have. Cause their big problem was like, you do a commercial production for 75 grand for a huge company and then you never hear from them again. So like you just have these huge peaks and valleys in the business. Yeah. So that's what I helped them with for four and a half years. Okay. Never shot for them. I mean, we shot on like red cameras, like a $50,000 camera body, like $20,000 glass lens, like really nice stuff. I never touched any of it really because that wasn't my job there. So right. while I was doing that nights and weekends, I was still shooting here and there. And that's kind of what led me to decide to do it full time. There was like yeah. a lot of things that happened in those four years, but I got to a breaking point where I was like, I had to decide if I wanted to do it or not. Yeah. Cause then that's kind of where we met was I was asking for videos and you said you were, you were still part time, I think at that point. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yep. You were, you were like, Hey, cause I know you were cheaper then. that was the nice yes, part. Right. <laughs> right. When, it, when uh, it's a part time hobby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you're doing it part time. And then that was when you said, Hey, I'm going full time. What was that kind of final push other than being at that business and knowing like, Hey, I got to get out of here. Yeah. So and I'm kind of like the people talk about entrepreneurship. I'm like the anti-entrepreneur. I'm like the risk averse, like don't yeah. want to take a risk. And for me, I did, it was my first job out of college. Like I said, I had a really tough time landing it. And I felt like this loyalty to the company to just stay there forever. Yeah. Um, you talk to my grandparents, the people that work the same place for 40 years and retire. That's, that's kind of how I felt. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of all boiled down to, I was doing nights and weekends and it came down to the last year I was there left in 2021 and 2020 really opened my eyes to everything. Cause we were working from home and I thought I could never quit cause I need to work around people. Cause I'm a huge extrovert. Yeah. And then I worked at home and I'm like, this is actually, I get way more done now with no distractions and I can do this. Yeah. But then also it opened me up to like, I could take calls in between meetings for my own stuff and I could work on edits and not have someone over my shoulder. It was like the time freedom really opened my eyes to it. And then the last year, the big breaking point was like, I was at this crossroads because there was talk of me being offered like partnership in the ownership stake of the company I worked at, Okay, but nothing was on paper. And it was one of those things, I think they were just telling me what I wanted to hear. Yeah, kind of all that verbal stuff and getting you, getting your hopes up and saying, hey, we're going to do this, and, yeah. but not fully putting it out there and being like, hey, here's here's what this looks like, yeah. sign this. There was no offer extended. It was just like, kind of hearsay. And then I was just working so much part-time. Like I would do the last year I was working there, I would do 12 hours a day at home, like work, you know, eight to eight and then go shoot a project at 8 PM and then edit all night till like two in the morning. And I would do that for like two years straight. So I was working all the time. I would like work 12 hours for my full-time job so I could get Friday off. So I could go fly to another state and go shoot an out-of-state project and then fly back on Sunday right? and then do it all over again. So I was like, they knew I was on my way out. Like I just had so much going on, but it was like, I didn't, I hadn't convinced myself 
this is what's happening. Yeah. I was just like terrified because it's like, what's going to happen? So the other piece of this, which I haven't really mentioned was I was, um, engaged. Yeah. And I was talking to my wife now, my now wife, and we were talking about money and she went to uh, hair school. So she had like very low college loans. Like she'd paid it off by the time this time had come around. And yeah. I just saw how she was spending money and it freaked me out. Cause I'm like, we're going to share finances and you're just going to like blow all the money that I make. Cause I was like a money hoarder. Like, yeah. and you guys were, you were in a house at this point. Yeah. We, we owned a house together okay. um, as boyfriend and girlfriend, which is a terrible idea. Uh, in hindsight, I don't recommend people that aren't married buy a house together, but we were in it. I mean, we, we've been together for 12 years. So, yeah. um, but at the time I was just like freaking out about it. So we met with our financial coach now and he was telling us, like helping us put a plan together to get out of debt. And when we looked at the number, it was like $116,700 was what okay. we owed yeah. to like student loans, which I'm sure you're not, uh, yeah. you're pretty understanding of what that oh, is. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, especially with COVID and stuff. Now it's been paused till this month, yeah, which has been great, but now it's like, oh, yeah. this uh, stuff is coming back coming around. Coming out of my budget, <laughs> damn it. So like, I got I to gotta start forking this money back over here and actually doing my budget again. Like, yeah, that stuff's fun. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. So um, so that was really the, the turning point for me was like we put it on paper and then Paige and I sat down with our coach, Travis, and um, he was like, Ryan, if you actually paid yourself out of your business and Paige stopped spending an entire paycheck at Target every month, She's, females love Target. Yes, yes. Um, he's like, you you guys could be out of debt in under two years. And I was like, there's no way because I, I did the math. I'm like, even if I paid minimums, it's like 35 years till I'm out of debt. There's no way that yeah. could happen. And he ran the numbers and he's like, no, if you even if you just keep making the same you're making from the business, if you just take all the profit out and pay yourself, because I at that time it had been five years, I'd never cut a check to myself ever okay. for videos. And were you just kind of living off – the job. The yeah. Job living off had. my full-time job. It was okay. just a fun hobby. Like I'd yeah. make like 20 to 40,000 a year from okay. the business yeah. and I just pay the taxes on it and keep it in. Cause I'm a money hoarder. Like yeah. it was my oh crap fund. If something bad went happen, you know, yeah. I, but I, I had a problem. Like people have a spending problem. I had a saving problem. I was like, just not a bad problem to have. I know, but I'm just like, <laughs> like I, don't I wanna- mean, it's like when you, you put a crisp hundred dollar bill right here, like, what do you want to do with it? Like, I, th- I feel like we have that same mindset where like, I want to keep that. Like yeah. I'm going to put it in my wallet and it's going to be there for a long time. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that was, that was the thing is like getting on the money mindset stuff. And then we kind of put a plan together and I was like, I accepted like, okay, mm-hmm. take this money out. I'm going to take all the profit out. I'm going to put it all towards this debt. We're going to pay it off. So we paid off $116,000 of debt in exactly a year and a half. That's crazy. Um, And I just put my foot to the floor with the business. Cause it was like, I had a purpose now. And that yeah. was, I think I think that's a lot of things that a lot of people I talk with that are entrepreneurs never have a why. And if you don't have a strong why, you're never going to make it in business. Mm-hmm. Like no. once you hit a roadblock, you're like, screw this. I'm just going to go get a normal job. I don't want the stress yeah. of this, you right. know? Right. So once I had that, we just hit it hard. And then after the year and a half was up, we had been married. Um, we went on our honeymoon to Greece. And that full, that full year and a half, you said, was that both jobs or just straight media? Um, both jobs. Both jobs. Yep. So started in December of 2019. Pandemic started in 2020. Uh, so we we started that death journey right around the time you opened Elite. Okay. Um, yeah. So we were hitting it really hard. And then our wedding was supposed to be scheduled in April of 2020 on the beach in Florida. And that was when PCB was going wild. Yeah. And the state shut down. So if you had an out-of-state license plate, they'd stop you at the border and tell you to go oh, home. So I we were going to like yeah. drive it because we're like – Doing a beach wedding, you know, canceled. Might as well. It got I mean, canceled. Yeah, so, 
So we had to cancel that. We ended up doing our wedding in September. Do you get a lot of refunds based on that? Or? The only person that didn't give her our money back was our cake lady. It's like a hundred bucks. She wouldn't do it. She's like, sorry, the money's already gone. I'm like, Jesus, this lady's savage. <laughs> but the the big stuff, like yeah. the venue, the airfare, they the, the crazy thing was, man, they comped Delta comped our airfare from Des Moines to Destin, Florida. It's like four hundred bucks for Page Night to go. We went to Europe and back. They gave us Des Moines to Athens, Greece, and back for five hundred dollars. No shit. It's like a six thousand dollar flight. <laughs> I was like, they're missing a zero. Like oh, yeah. so Paige hung up and she was like, and she's like, Yeah. They just gave us and I was like dancing. I'm like, that was like four thousand dollars. We're like, gonna have a great trip. <laughs> that was so much fun. So so yeah, so then we paid off all the debt. The month after that we went to Europe, okay. went to Greece on our honeymoon, just yeah. got to relax, and then we came back and then just like oh, like took it all in, like we did it. We yeah. you know, and then I'm like that year and a half of hard work. Yeah. And then I ran the numbers and I was like, holy crap, I have like a six figure side hustle. Um, like, I don't even do this full time. Like, it was making over 100 grand that year. And I was like, because how many shoots were you doing probably a week? Um, gosh, I mean, in the year, I probably shot over, over 200 videos that year. Okay. So it was like every week I was doing like one or two video shoots. Yeah. And um, then, I mean, yeah, you're going and shooting, but then you got to come back and edit all that stuff. Yeah. Like, it's not just, hey, yeah, I just got to go shoot it. And hey, yeah, you got a video now. Like, yeah. no, I got to sit down in my computer. You don't have all the AI stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you actually got to do the work. Right, right. So that that was the the thing, man. We were just hustling and, I, and like Paige and I were aligned. And I think that was that was so big for our marriage. And then also just for me personally, because like um, it was I didn't feel like she would be like, why are you working so much? It's like, we knew why it's like, we yeah. got to get our ass out of this hole that we dug ourselves. Right. So that was huge just for us to be aligned on what we were doing. And then just having a partner that supports what you're trying to do. It's not just a work addiction. Yeah. It's you're trying to do something bigger with your time. And I knew she wanted to get married and we wanted to start a family and all those things. I, I'm like, I have to get my finances in order right. to do that. So. Right. And that's the biggest thing too. Like, especially you're now on, baby number two. Yep. Coming, right? January. She's, yeah. she's on the way. So I mean, and that's, you get out of that financial freedom of, Hey, you don't have all that debt. And everyone I think that I've talked to, and especially that's coming to my clinic, they're like, Oh, or like I have a baby. Like that's a lot of money. Sure. I don't know. And then you kind of have that now of, Hey, we don't have to worry about student loans and that debt. Like we can kind of really go and be a family. Sure. Well, and for us too, um, we paid everything. I shouldn't say debt free. We paid everything off, but our house. Yeah. And then we sold our house in 20 or in 2020 as well. We did a lot in 2020, <laughs> sold our house, got married, went to Greece, like all this crazy stuff. But, um, we wanted to move to Polk city. We loved it there. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things we just couldn't afford it. It's too like median house price in Polk city is like 550,000. I'm like, there's no way we're gonna be able to live here until we're like 50. Like there's no right. way. Right paid off all the stuff. Now you don't have four grand a month in debt payments. You yeah, you're can not looking at that debt to income ratio. Like, yeah. You can double your mortgage if you triple if you if you really want to. Like yeah. oh, okay. Like now now it's different. Oh, everything's different. You can, you know, if you want to go get a massage weekly, you can. If you want to spend splurge on a CrossFit membership instead of your shitty gym membership, like you can. Like right. all these things opened up to like we could do things with money that we couldn't do before. And we could actually like, she can go back to target, right? Yeah. She can go to target. She can get the Starbucks (laughs) if she wants, you know? Um, but those systems really helped us like set a good foundation to be able to do the things we wanted to do. So, and then is that where you decided like, Hey, I want to go full time into the media. Yeah. So the decision, once we got back from Greece, um, that was when I was kind of at that crossroads of like, do I stay on, 
and just stop doing videos or not. But I had so much inbound from other people that it was like, it'd be stupid to turn these people away. They're just coming to me with money in their hand. Like, why would I tell them no? Yeah. So that's when I decided I was like, I probably gave myself four months. I was like, I'm going to save six months of expenses for my business. We have emergency of fund fully funded and then I'll jump. Cause then if I don't get work for four months, I can still like cover my overhead and we can live off the savings if everything goes to shit. Yeah. So I launched, I left in December of 21, 2022 was the like January, 2022 is my first official month full time. So it hasn't even been two years yet. Yeah. It feels like five though. Like I've been doing so much like there, it's like done a lot since a lot. Yeah. Since the beginning of 2020, basically me taking over my job. I'm like, Oh, what do I look back? Oh yeah. I've done a lot. But like your story, I'm like, Holy cow. You guys have done a lot between getting married, selling your home, like going to Greece, starting your business. Like that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's been, it's been a whirlwind, but it's been, I mean, I just look at like people that are in a rut in life. I'm like, if you can, ebb and flow with the punches, you can, you can do anything. I, I mean, there's been some real curveballs thrown our way, but being able to dodge it and move. And again, being aligned with your partner and what you're trying to achieve. Right, we right. have a very clear vision of like what we want yeah. out of our, out of our life. And the, you got that big, why, yeah. like, why are you doing this stuff? And you guys, it sounds like you guys, you know, that why and what you want to do together. And that's, that's going to push you forward everywhere. Yeah, dude, it's, it's been huge. And, and just talking with her more about like, in five years, where do we want to be? Like, our kids are going to be this old. Do we want to take a family vacation abroad every year? Do we want to have a lake house? Do we want to retire at 55? Like, what do we want to do, like, in life? And then how do we build that out and actually make it, like, the finances is how we can make it happen in real life, you know? Right, right. So created that freedom, and then now you're able to do that, and especially with the business. I mean, you take your trips, and you take the family with you, right? You just shoot shoot trips and take the camera. Right. Yeah. There's been, there's been a couple of times we were supposed to go to Costa Rica for power life for a shoot. Okay. And then they scheduled it like February of next year, which is like a month after our baby's born Ah. and Paige is supposed to come with me. And I was like, we'll do it next year. So I I think, I think that's happening in 2025 or yeah, 2025 in February, we'll do that. But those have been some fun ones. Like Paige and I have done, cause she does hair professionally. So we've done a couple weddings, like destination weddings. We went to tech or Mexico mm-hmm. for a week. So I shot photo for one day and she did hair for like four hours and we got a fully comp trip to yeah. an all-inclusive resort for like yeah. four days. Right. So those are kind of fun, just like memory building ones that we do yeah. together. So absolutely. Um, but yeah, you were kind of diving into the, Hey, you decided that you were going to create Snod Media Group, right? Mm-hmm. Or had it been Snod Media Group yet? Or was it just Ryan Snod? Yeah. So I did, it was, I went as Ryan Snod Productions. I was a sole proprietor for like four years. Cause I think that's what I, when I first met you, it was pretty much, Hey, Ryan Snod Productions. Yep. And then now you've and then having you come do videos here recently, I think it was, yes, yeah, not media group and yep. growing that way. Yeah. So it was, I just went under my own name. I had like a sole proprietorship. Again, the first couple months of the, or years of the business, I just kept the profit in there, yeah. paid the taxes and just left it. Once I got serious though, I, I had um, organized a Snod Media Group LLC. The meaning behind that was more, eventually I'd like to have crew, like full-time crew that work with me for different things. So, and it also gives me like, if it's Ryan's not productions, you expect me to show up to shoot every video where I'd want to have some flexibility where yeah. it's not just me, it's other people. So right. that was, that was kind of the nexus of the name on it. Um, so the, through that, op- like started my own, uh, website, uh, for snodmedia.com and then started doing that. And like the benefit of working at the agency is I knew a lot about SEO. 
So I've ranked my site for a lot of things that get me inbound leads from out of state all the time. So like yeah. people contact me all the time with projects and yeah. everyone's like, how do you like get new work? I'm like, it's a lot of Google. It's a lot of LinkedIn. It's a lot of word of mouth. Like they're just multiple avenues, you know, yeah. using my own marketing skills for my own business. So Absolutely. And that's what I was going to ask. Like, how do you get the out of state stuff? Like that's yeah. crazy when I see you're out in Oklahoma shooting a gym or Texas shooting another gym. I'm like, wait, like how do you, how do you get hooked up with that? Yeah. Yeah. So the Oklahoma one was interesting. I, I knew I, my ideal avatar, I love shooting corporate and fitness. Those are like yeah. my two favorite. And then if I can combine them, like a corporate fitness brand is like my ideal client. So I've, I've worked with like shut sports. They're a football helmet manufacturer. Yep. I literally just cold called their headquarters and I said, Hey, can I speak? And I've researched who it was like, can I call Joe Smith, the director of marketing? And they're like, yeah, who is this? I'm like, oh, this is Ryan with Snod Media Group. Like, I just Googled your name. Yeah. That's all I did. Literally just casual. <laughs> and I was like nervous, but I'm just that person. Like I'll call him. So I called him and I told, I was talking with him and they're like, yeah, who is this? So my, my, my sales method was I just, cause I had a bunch of footage from high school hype videos I'd done for Ankeny of yeah, like yeah, shut yeah. helmets, like up close, right. really cool, dramatic stuff. And I was like, uh, so I reached out and said, Hey, I'm a fitness videographer based in Iowa. I have a ton of footage of your guys' equipment. Um, and I just thought you guys would, would want it. Do you, where can I send this to you guys? Just open-ended, like yeah. offering value, not even trying to sell them anything. I'm yeah. like, here, and they're like, wait, who are you? So then they the guys pulled my website up. That was a pretty nice site. Oh, you've done some really good fitness stuff. Yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, hey, um, let me call in our direct, like our chief director of all of our brands. He's in the next room. So like we're on a three-way call with this guy and I just picked up the phone. Just cold called him. Yeah. And then long story short, they sent me some product. I shot a just banger hype video for him. And then they were like, okay, if they do this for like no money, what happens if we pay him? So then after doing that project, I had a lot more people like, Holy shit, Shut's a huge brand. So like I got a lot of inbound interest from that. Um, the the Oklahoma shoot was a, for a, a gym chain that has 11 locations in Oklahoma and Arkansas. And I went to a fitness conference for gym owners and offered to, to present on video marketing for how gym owners could better right. attract more people. So I did a presentation on that. And then I had a line of people down the, down the thing. There's like a hundred and some people in that conference that was in my session there's like 50 of them that wanted my business card. They wanted me to like, can you come to Maine? One guy was from Alaska. Can you come to Alaska? One guy was, one lady was from Hawaii. She owned three locations in Kauai. And she's like, and I was about to go to Hawaii for them. And then oh, yeah. some circumstances happened. They didn't end up doing it. But one of them was Oklahoma. And they were like, hey, we own, you know, 11 locations in the South. We'd love for you to come. So now for them, I do like what, what I call media weeks. So I'll come okay. for four days and a crew, a crew of mine will go down. We'll either drive or fly down and then, we shoot like 20 or 30 videos in four days yeah. and then we come back and edit them and send them to them over the course of a couple months. So nice. uh, it's been really fun. Like th- that's my, yeah. that's my ideal client is like working in the fitness space. Cause I come from high school athletics. I love right. working out, weightlifting, um, nutrition. I just love helping those types of businesses, um, promote because that's, yeah. I love that world. And anybody that's like getting healthier or being in a better state of mind or like getting active, I feel like I'm, fill in that purpose, you know? Right. right. Absolutely. I think you definitely have a, a really different niche compared to like other videographers. Like you've come to my clinic twice now and we have a different type of clinic and different style, but you can see that vision and really go from there. And then the way you can throw an interview in there and kind of tie it all together. I think that's that niche and being that self-taught videographer, like from YouTube, Yeah. <laughs> like no one else does that, I think. And that's why it really creates 
your brand and the way you do it. And I think that's what people see. And they're wanting to bring you on and say, hey, like he's doing it way different than everyone else. And it's got a pop to it versus, hey, we're just going to shoot a video and uh, it's blah. And then we'll put it online and then call it good. Sure. Well, it really depends too. Like um, a lot of people will talk to me about these media weeks and they think that's like, oh, that's all you do. And it's like, it. I, I look at it like a doctor. You, I mean, similar to what you do when you walk right. into a, it's like chiropractic might not be what you need to solve your problem. Right. I'm having foot pain, whatever. It's like, maybe, maybe it's treatment, maybe it's scraping, maybe it's acupuncture, whatever. Like that's what I do with a business when they come to me and they're like, Hey, um, like, or just earlier I was on a call with a client and we were talking, they just wanted to do video for video's sake. And I'm like, no, like yeah. talk to me about the business. And then you right. find out like, oh, they have a really uh, problem with recruitment. They just can't get and retain good people. So it's like, yeah. let's make a culture video or recruitment video they can use to attract people. And then yeah. you're kind of diagnosing what their business is about. And then really going from there and figuring, Hey, here's where your problem is. What's let's add to that spot to get you more recruitment, like you said, or like different aspects. I'm looking for clientele or trying to broaden my horizon. And I thought that's what was really good. You were able to capture from my clients and then what we do and how to bring in more clients and grow from there. Sure. And it's interesting too. Like I've, I've watched Ted talks from like John Lesnar is the creator of Pixar and he does a whole Ted talk on story and why people yeah. love Pixar movies. Cause it's like you connect with the characters. Right. right. So that's, that's part of my job too, is like finding the storyline in an interview or a business. Like that's, it's kind of like I'm a, I'm a puppeteer, like trying to get it to play, but it's like, I'm not trying to steer the narrative in a certain way. It's just like, I just need to find the narrative and then ask the right questions to bring out yeah. what the story is. Cause then the story will tell itself, but you just have right. to ask the right questions to get the right answers. Right. So. And you're not trying to make a production of, Hey, here's your fake story. Here's, here's what you are. Just tell who you are. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing and that's what you're able to bring out of people. Right. Um, Cause I mean, I'm not going to lie. The first video I, you ever put together for me, I think I bawled like a baby, like watching it first. I was like, holy cow. I, I look so nice. <laughs> the lighting looks so nice on my face. Yeah. Like you get people interviewing and you're like, oh my God, they're saying these nice things about like what we do here. And it's it's like, oh, like it's kind of a tearjerker. Sure. Like, well, yeah. With your client or your patient base being like, yeah. I couldn't even stand up and Chris fixed my back and I can play with my kids or right. I can like. But be just being able free. to draw that out of people is like, oh, like, right. And then adding videos and different aspects to it. And like you said, the lighting and you're just like, hot, like I'm crying. Right. Right. <laughs> it's like, this is so I'm awesome. sitting on my couch crying like a little baby. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is interesting. Like, and that's the lens I look at everything through. It's like, how do we find the story? Or mm -hmm. I always say, what's your story when I meet new people and people are like, oh, I'm, I work here, do this thing. And it's like, my main thing is the why. Like yeah. if you can dig into the, okay, this is what you do, but why do you do it? Like we talked right. about last yeah. week when we were doing it, it's like you do chiropractic and PT service, but why? Why What's why right. that? Why not other things? And that's when you get the real like we're emotional people. Like we like to connect with story yeah. and understand stories help us understand the why. And then it makes us empathize with the why. And it's ultimately what will make people buy because yeah. – if I, I mean, you look at any brand, like why do people buy Noble? Why is Noble exploding? It's like they connect with the why of an athlete where a Nike or an Under Armour is very like distant to a lot of people of like, they're just a huge company. They don't get me, mm -hmm. but people look at like Noble and they're like, they get me. Like yeah. it's the same deal, but it's like they communicate it better than a lot of companies do of like the why. Yeah. And expressing what they are and how they're doing it. And I think that's what you really brand, like, especially Snod Media Group, like, it's a, it, you have a big why and how you're progressing and growing with everyone and shooting 
a purpose. I think that's what I would put it as is you have a purpose to your videos. Sure. And that's what's going to grow many multiple businesses. I mean, you're using, you're working with what the DNR, like fitness videos, and then what the colleges. Yeah. Where, there's, you, there's, got, you just got a large variety. Yeah. It's, it's a little different flavor. Like a couple of weeks ago, we were shooting the DNR. We'll shoot some more this winter, have a big contract with them. Uh, Des Moines Waterworks was last week. Uh, F&G, they're a financial investment group. They're more corporate-y. Um, Woody shooting with Goldfinch yeah. Athletics and Ankeny. They do their podcast and, and content for them. Um, it's a good cross-section. It keeps me on my toes for sure. Yeah. Um, but again, it's like, it's kind of good to not, like as a the doctor analogy, not see the same patients all the yeah, time. I, where, I was just going to say, it's the same thing that I do. I don't see the same thing every day. Basically, <laughs> you're just reiterating. It. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a marketing doctor without yeah. the, with my YouTube university degree <laughs> instead of a, a fancy one with a, you got a plaque over there on the wall. Yeah, too. I, I should. I, this says YouTube university on it. I should with a little like fake sign thing from like the CEO of Google or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you just put your name on it. It'd just be like, Hey, presented by, and then Ryan's not at yeah. the bottom. And a picture of me shaking hands with a picture of me. That yeah. would be classic. <laughs> um, but yeah, so in that, in that process too, like I've done a lot of things outside of production too, which is what kind of makes me a little more unique too. Um, cause I have a YouTube channel. Um, I mentioned I just launched a podcast yeah. and then, um, I have an online course business as well that I like educate other videographers yeah, as well. Absolutely. So there's like a couple different things I've been doing too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think your, your YouTube presence with that, like the progression of showing videos, like how did you start that? Yeah. So my YouTube is actually how I got into videos. Cause before I went on that Europe trip, yeah. I had that GoPro and my goal was to do a video a week for an entire year in college. So I would do a day in the life of eating, um, workout videos. I would just set up a tripod. I was like that guy that set up a tripod and recorded his workouts. But it's very common now. Now, yeah, you go to any of these other mainstream gyms, everybody thinks they're a freaking fitness influencer. It's like you have 15 followers. Stop, please. You um, got four views on your video today of you bicep curls. Yeah, yeah. So and a lot of it's just, I mean, gosh, I could go on forever about these like TikTok influencers that uh, it's like, I'm going to do shoulders today and it's some girl talking and it's like ass shot. I'm like, really? Like why? Why? Showing your butt cheeks, like you're just it sells. Yeah, it sells. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Yeah, males, we can't do that the same. Right. Well, and then the same thing with your chiropractor videos. It's always like a girl in yoga pants getting her back cracked. It's like, oh my gosh, where's the yeah. burly dude that's gonna snap oh. like a tree branch when you get his back in the right, right. spot? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so anyway, we were going through that process, and I was doing a video a week. End of the year, I had 45 subscribers. So, like, hardly anybody was watching yeah. my videos, but. In that process, I was figuring out how to shoot and edit quickly and turn videos around. And I really attribute that year to how I got efficient with my videos. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times I'd shoot and deliver same week. And a lot of clients are like, this is unheard of. Or if I shoot a video, I'd have first draft to them in 24 hours just because I was excited. And I'd get home and just yeah. knock out an all-nighter and just finish it. But that helped me with the speed to kind of get used to it. As you were at Simpson paying for tuition, living, everything. And then you're teaching yourself. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thanks Simpson for the degree. Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So uh, that helped a lot. I know I could have taken a, a summer program is called premier pro one oh one to learn the editing software, yeah. but I decided to go to Europe instead. Cause it was more of a experience. I'm like, yeah. I can learn this online and I did. So I'm, I would do that decision a hundred times over. Yeah. But, um, Absolutely. But, but you was, were still growing that YouTube presence. Yes. Really getting into the teaching or were, you were just making the videos? So when I started the YouTube channel, I got to 45 subscribers. After that first year, I kind of kicked the can. I was like, I'm done. I'm never doing YouTube again. So I didn't make a video for like two years. And then 
I'd done a bunch of research on YouTube and learned like you have to pick a niche. You can't just copy what other people do because mm-hmm. I was trying to be Christian Guzman and Max Tuning and all these other influencers that started brands. I'm like, oh, if they can do it. I can do it. The problem was I was trying to be everyone else and I wasn't being myself. Yeah. And that's something I would encourage anyone listening is like if you're trying to be somebody online, don't be somebody online. Be yourself yeah. and help people and you'll build a brand that way. So right. once I did that, I realized like I there was a missing link because I was looking up videos on how to start a video business and no one had business videos like sales videos, marketing, how to set up your website, how to negotiate deals and you know, all that stuff. I'm like, I wanted that information when I was 20 and I couldn't find it. So when I was like 22 or 23, that's when I shifted my, my channel and I started doing videos about, um, videography business. And I was one of the only people at the time that did that. So I had a couple of videos really pop off about like my 16 step process for the client from the point they reach out to after I asked for a Google review, like what that looks like. Um, that video took off. I had a couple other really big ones. I had a GoPro photography video take off. It has like a hundred or 280,000 views on it. Okay. Um, and that was like six years ago. So it's still, so I found out how to rank videos in SEO search. And then I started applying that to more things, finding more niche topics. And I did a bunch of videos there. So I was still doing that Mm -hmm. while shooting videos on the side while working full time and all the other stuff I was doing. So once I started doing that, I was getting traction and I was like, Man, I'm I'm getting AdSense money. It's like a couple hundred bucks a month, but I'm like, for the amount of time I'm putting in, I want to make more money from this. Yeah. So that's when I diversified and I started doing like sponsorship videos and other things. And then um, I needed to make my own product because I'm like, if I can keep all the money, that would be cool or refer them to something else. Yeah. So that's how I started Solo Video Pro, which is my online course for videographers to teach them how to start a business okay. from scratch. Yeah. So started that. Um, I shot at my unfinished basement the first round. Um, like four Everyone days. Everyone starts somewhere, man. You got to start it. Yeah. Whether it's in a basement or it's in a garage, like <laughs> Apple started start in a garage. Right. It's, gotta, it's all got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So shot that launched it. It was called the start and scale videography business course. Say that 10 times fast. Yeah. But I did that and I, no way I could. Yeah. <laughs> I did the field of dreams method, which is build it and they will come and nobody bought anything. I had crickets. So yeah. then I bought a course on how to create better educational products, rebranded it to solo video pro and then shot way more content. I put in, there's 120 videos in there now. So it goes from like, I'm just a hobbyist with a camera. What gear do I buy to, I have like live sales call recordings of me where I'll like blur out the people's faces and names and make their voice sound like they're on a witness protection thing. (laughs) And they'll hear me like close deals with bigger name clients and like how to have confidence in a sales meeting. Cause I think that's a a lot of these people are just like nervous to even talk with, you know, they're like, uh, what do I, you know? And it's like, just listen to me do it. And then, marketing strategy, rolling out to different industries, that type of thing. So that was the first product I built. And then on top of that, I built a Facebook ads course, which is like a quick mini course on how to run ads for your business. Yeah. And then 2020, on top of all the other stuff I did, I built a third product, which is the Six Figure Fitness Filmmaker course. I was approached by a partner that had seen all the stuff I was doing in fitness. And they're like, you should teach people how to get into this. Cause you're like killing it with like, you're getting yeah. national clients and you're some dude from Iowa with like, you know, right. with a YouTube university degree. Right. How are you doing this? So I was telling him about it and he's like, Hey, we have another product. Um, we'd like to upsell to yours, but we want to be 50, 50 partners in the profit with it. So I worked with them. I scripted everything and I shot it all and I sent it to their editing team and they edited everything, put it in the system, ran ads for me, was doing that for about a year 
And then it just wasn't doing the numbers that I, they weren't prioritizing yeah. my products. So it was like my first experience with the partnership. Okay. And I probably will never do another one again because you have to be so aligned in what you're going to do. And if the other person deviates from that, you're like dragging a dead horse. Like yeah. I'm trying to get to this point and you're like keeping me from doing that. Right, right. You know? I mean, just cause they have that stake into it too. And you're dragging them with to try to grow it. Yeah. And it was, it was definitely like money signs in my eyes at the time, because at the time they were doing like $600,000 a month in revenue with their $45 intro course. Okay. And they needed upsell products, which mine was going to retail for like $600. So they'd sell a $50, learn how to use a camera course. Yeah. And then my big Mac daddy one, and I get half of that sale. So it's like $300 a pop and they would do like three or four sales a day. I'm like, I mean, that's like a thousand dollars a day, like to print right. money on a print uh, money machine. So I was super fired up about it. Um, it just didn't play out the way I wanted to, and they weren't pushing it as much as they, I thought they would. So I took that back. I, I own the IP on that now. Um, and now I sell it under my own umbrella. I just don't have a Facebook ads yeah. manager running it full time. Yeah. And I just don't put as much time into it anymore. It's still there, but I just don't market yeah. it actively anymore. So and how does that do being just, you now? Um, I mean, it's like maybe one or two sales a month. Um, yeah. it's, but again, it's like, it's a digital asset. So whether I sell a hundred copies or one, it's right. not free money, but it's, uh, you worked before for it as an investment to pay off now. So right. it is really nice though. Cause there's times people reach out to me for mentorship. They'll see what I'm doing. And instead of them like paying me for an hourly rate on a zoom call, I can just like buy one of my programs that teaches you everything you need to know. Like I've already yeah. built the encyclopedia in my head and I put it into a paid program so you can right. learn everything. Like right. I wrote the book on it so you can buy the book and just learn, yeah. you know, just go here and you'll get all your answers. Yes. So right. that's been nice just as a referral source. Cause I'm like, I don't have time to mentor young bucks that are coming up. Not that I'm an old guy, but I turned 29 this month. So getting old. <laughs> some guy on a shoot last week asked me, he's like, how old are you? Like 40. And I was like, so I shaved my beard the next day. I was like, this <laughs> guy's like making, thinks I'm old. I'm like, like hey, here's my ID. No, I'm not 40. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That's the worst when people look at you and you're like, ah, you're older. And ah, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it, it's crazy though. Cause like I, with that business acumen, I've been able to scale a lot faster. Like most guys don't get where I'm at right, until right. they're in their thirties or older. Cause they just, they learn along the way. But for me, I had the business foundation and I just applied it to, a camera and like, how do you make money with a camera? So yeah, absolutely. And that's really cool. Cause you have those aspects of, Hey, you're not just shooting his stuff, but you're actually teaching people how to be a videographer and how to grow that. Or if like me, I want to know how to use a camera and making podcasts. Like how do I do that? And then I just go to your website and find all that information. Sure. Sure. When I have like referral stuff too, for like the podcast gear, cause it, people ask right. me all the time, what do you use? And I'm like, it's so much easier just to put it all on a link and send it to somebody than like, right track down stuff on Amazon and like make a unique, it's like, I just hear, here's what I do. Here's yeah. what it is. And like, same thing with all other things too. Yeah. So people just want it to be easy. Like you yeah. get all the information and they're just like, yeah, I just want all this stuff. Like, yeah. I mean, you could probably put thousand dollar equipment out there and people would still be like, yeah, I want that. Sure. Like, sure. Cause they just know you use it and you're, you're using it in a broad horizon with everyone. Sure. And I'm kind of weird. Like a lot of people in the industry are typically gearheads. Like whenever I meet another camera person, Mm-hmm. All they want to do is like, oh, what do you shoot? What, what lenses do you use? And I'm like, I'm like, dude, what's your customer lifetime value? How are you getting clients? Like, yeah. what's your sales process like? And they don't want to talk about that. It's not fun and sexy, right? Right. So I'm kind of the like. They want to know what new version of a camera you have for. Yeah, because that's why I'm successful because I've got right. the newest, nicest camera. It's like, no, I don't. Like, there's nicer, newer stuff. But 
I just try to fly with the frugal side. Like I want top quality, but I'm not going to pay super, super premium price. Like we were talking with mics and stuff. Like yeah. you could get sure SMB mics and be like Joe Rogan, right. but his mics are $400 a pop. And the ones that I use are a hundred dollars a pop. So I can get four yeah. of them for the price of one. One of those. Why one would I, yeah. why do that? So like, I, that's kind of how my mind works is like the frugal yeah. side, which it sounds like you're kind of in that same boat as well. It's like, how yeah, do you. Absolutely. It's why I spend so much money on something where you, you can get multiple, like you said, or something that's just as good and going to sound just as great. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with all of that, like you said, you had those classes and stuff. Is that what helped you kind of create this space, like getting into your own space and getting out of your house? Yeah. So that, that process kind of steered me. The main thing was, so we, we bought our new house in Polk city in 2020 uh, as a four bedroom, just Paige and I, we weren't, didn't have any kids at the time. Now my son is 18 months old. We have a nursery that was our guest room for like a month until we found out we were pregnant. And yeah, now that was his nursery. And now my office has been converted to his room. So I kind of got pushed out at the same time. I knew it was going to happen, but I also knew um, I didn't want to have to work from home because it is really hard for me to like shut it off at the end, yeah. especially if a client texts me at like 10 o'clock at night, hey, can you make a change? I'm like, hey, can I just run upstairs real quick? I'm like having it out of my house has given me so much more peace of mind to be like, mm -hmm. I'll get to it tomorrow. Like I don't have to be there, you know? Yeah. So I, like intentionally, I have all that stuff at the office. I'll go to the office Yeah, tomorrow. Very intentional about like desktop, computer. I don't have a laptop. Mm -hmm. You know, we have one at home if I really need to, but I don't do it ever. So that was huge just to get out of the house. And then I was looking at commercial space and we live in Polk City. There's like two spaces available in Polk City and people were just wanting stupid amount of money for them per square foot. I looked in Ankeny. If anybody's from the area, that's probably the most expensive real estate in the area because everyone's building there. Everyone's yeah. moving there. Um, I think there was a new build on the northwest side of town I was looking at. They want $29 a square foot before cam, there, which would be an additional on top of it. And yeah. that it was like gravel and they were building it out. So they're like, we can build it fit, but you'll have to pay for the plumbing and all this. It was, it was going to put me in, in like 30 grand just was to get. Was it going to be a big space or like a smaller space? Um, I have 650 square feet here. It would have been probably 2,500 square feet. At $29. Yeah. So yeah, I can't do the math, but it would have been like five or five to 10 grand a month just yeah. for the base rate plus your utilities, plus the and cam. You, you would have had to build it out. Yeah. yeah. And like hire out my own contractors. And I'm like, this is just like, I'm just looking for a little nibble and you want me to like take a bite out of a mammoth, you know, I'm like, yeah. this is a lot of overhead. And for me being in a lot of space. Yeah. I'm like, I don't need all that space. Like I'd need to, I'd, I'd need to rent out rooms just to even come close to breaking even on the overhead. So right. That was a big deterrent for me. And then, so the space we're in right now is in Granger, Iowa, which is like small town Iowa. And a lot yeah. of people question why I'm here. One, um, this building's 20 years old. And so with it not being as new, it's a little cheaper. Right. It's also in a less desirable city, town, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's also 11 minutes from my house, which is perfect, like yeah. location wise. Yeah. Probably really um, easy to get over here from yes. the city. And just the fact that it's super quiet in town because a lot of people live here and work in the city. So during the day, I don't ever hear anyone. There's no one. It's like a residential building besides my unit and it's quiet. So it, like I, I did a T-chart, big decisions. I was making a T-chart and I was looking at all the options and I'm like this at the time it was kind of a uh, rundown. So we did a lot of work. My wife put a lot of time into it and uh, I helped where I could. I painted and stuff, but she's the, she's the brains on the she's design. The designer. Yeah. So and that, that really worked out well. Like we, we got a, I got a three year lease, did a um, tenant improvement allowance of like 6,000, 
we only spent like 1700 on the build out because we did all yeah. the work ourselves. So right. we, they prorated that off my lease and I had a couple months where I didn't have to pay anything, which was really cool and got me yeah. in and I'm, I'm rolling with it now. So, right. And especially being in that smaller town, you get a cheaper rent. Like yeah. you said, like, and you're probably your landlord or whoever you go through is like a lot, a lot more lenient or willing to work with you. Whereas if you were to go to Ankeny, you're probably going to get some sort of corporate corporate type business and mm -hmm. they're going to tell you, Hey, no, you wouldn't have probably got that allowance. And then they say, Hey, no, that extra 1700 and we're, we're going to keep that. We're like, we're not going to give that back to you. Like, yeah. Well, and here, I mean, there was no cam for this building cause there's no maintenance. It's, it's oh, yeah. true. They throw salt on the yard, ER, but they already did that anyway. So they weren't going to charge me <laughs> yeah. for that. It's like a lot, like you said, it's a lot more just small town, but also the fact that the property management company owns a bunch of properties in Polk city I'm familiar with. They own this asset and six or seven in Cedar Rapids. And it's like, if I need anything, their headquarters is also two blocks away. So they can send their maintenance truck over in five minutes and fix whatever. So yeah. that is a huge thing too. Cause to your point, you have to be able to work with your landlord. Right. Um, Cause if you have a terrible landlord relationship, it makes your, your life run your business a lot harder, you know, yeah. they can you, make your, you can make your, make your life a lot harder, especially <laughs> I've been through that situation. I and mean, we talked about that on your podcast. Like yeah. it can be, it can be difficult, especially if you get a transition of landlords too. Yep. Um, but you guys got a beautiful space here. I think it's turned out really well. Your wife did a really good job. Yeah, thank you. I'll yeah. have to let her know. Um, <laughs> cause the, the space we're in now was a massage room originally. And then mm -hmm. we had this vision for the podcast room. We didn't knock any walls down. It was just like how it was. Yeah. Um, but eventually I have enough space in the main room where I will likely get someone that like rents a desk from me because I have really fast internet here and will likely be like a my go-to editor that I can give all okay. my projects to. And then they can tie into my, uh, it's called a NAS, which is a, um, my storage system for all my documents and my videos and stuff. Yeah. So they could just go in and edit in my right. hard drives and be able to do that. So yeah. that's kind of the growth plan. And then eventually that person, I would like to have them run this podcast studio because I rent it out to clients. So okay. There's been more interest in it in the last couple of months. So if this gets to a point where like every week we've got a client in here, it'd be nice to just hand that off so I don't have to be in here. I could have somebody else yeah. just watching cameras, making sure the mics sound good and everything's good to go. So yeah, Absolutely. Is that your next steps, especially with growing Snod Media, like trying to really look at someone to come in here or are you looking to have a crew? Like you already said, you have a kind of a crew when you go do your media days. But. Yep, yep. So right now I'm the only full-time, but I have probably five or six contractors I use very regularly. I have a drone guy. I have a B, B cam operator, um, a couple of editors, one in U the UK, one in Australia, which is really fun to like dump files at 8 PM. And then it's like 8 AM there. So they just okay. start working. Yeah. So I wake up and there's like a rough draft in my email. It's like super nice to have that. <laughs> um, and they all speak English cause they're in English speaking countries. So, um, and the dollar goes further there, which is nice. So th that's been really nice to have that, but having a local person, I mentioned I'm an extrovert and was kind of like afraid to, ha I, I would love to have a team someday. Yeah. The only problem with that is when I would bring on more people, there's a couple of people that follow this, that model, the team model. Mm -hmm. And when you have five or six employees say they're making 50 grand a year average, there could be more or less, whatever. It's like, well, now I have to do X amount a month just to pay my people. Yeah. So now my production costs double or triple. And then my clients eat that, which sucks. Cause it's like, they're getting the same <laughs> service, but I'm, I'm inadvertently doubling or tripling their cost for no extra value to them. Right. So that's like my biggest thing is like, I want to do right by my clients and I don't want to just like take on a bunch of overhead for the sake of it just to be like, I got a team and we're a crew now. Like, you know, I just, I just wanted to keep it economical for everyone and make yeah. sure it's not just slamming people for extra price for no good reason, for yeah. no extra value. 
I mean, yeah. What what is uh what's Ryan's plan looking ten years down the road? Like, do you want to still be doing shoots and editing, or do you want to kind of have that team to yeah. be like, hey, yeah, like yeah, you want to be there and being that guy that's shooting everything, but you want to be like, hey, like go do this and come back, and then I'll take care of stuff. Or what's your your envision with that? Yeah, I, I, ironically, I'm not super tied to the shooting and editing, even though that's what the service of the business is. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love building the business, making connections, um, running sales calls, and like just building the business out has been really yeah. fun. Um, so more of a manager type role or a team leader role. Um, I also love building teams. So like that's another thing that's like I would love to like professionally develop people, like bring someone in out of college that doesn't like me when I was 20 that didn't know anything that can come along, learn everything that I know and become a serious asset that even if they don't stay here and they go to a company and kill it, like, I feel like they're like my little kids. Like I raise them to be like this awesome yeah. shooter or editor. And then they can take that skill set elsewhere. Like that's what I'm excited about. And then I have, a, I have a couple other friends of mine that are out of state that have small teams that they have a really cool culture. It's a bunch of like 20 something, just brown it out every day. And like yeah. that, that would be really fun to have. Cause I know, I mean, you, you know, from bringing Jake on, I'm sure that's changed your day to day. Like, you can just bullshit with someone and like have a conversation and it's not just you right. by you're yourself. Not, you're not sitting in the office by yourself. You can at least like send TikToks back and forth and be like, hey, hey look at this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're not sitting in silence all day or doing work and probably for you, just a lot of editing and being you, you and the computer all day. Yes. Yeah. And that, that's the thing. Most days I'm here, you know, eight hours just looking at a screen by myself and I'll right. play music and keep it lively. But um, it's, it's a de- definitely like trying to figure out what my next step is because if this podcast stuff keeps getting more popular and more people want to rent the room out and it's becoming like a demand thing, I could look at building another one next to this and take up more of that space. Right. Or even when my lease is up, look at a bigger space and rent those out. So, And then maybe we're in that 2,500 square foot space in Ankeny, right? Yeah, there you go. Because then you could do, you know, three or four podcast suites. You could do a psych yeah. wall, like a big white infinity wall that people could rent out. There's a lot of like opportunity there. Yeah, I would just have to have the interest shown to me before I'd take the jump. Cause it's like, I don't want to just do it again, feel the dreams deal where you build it and hope yeah. that they come. Yeah. Um, have to have the right people, the right, right team. Yeah. Right atmosphere. Yep. I, I think realistically I could, I mean, my goal by the end of the year was to have a part-time or a full-time employee, but the more that I talk with other business owners, there's a lot more complexity with, you know, um, unlawful, t- uh, firing laws. There's yep. like, you have to pay their, their employment taxes. There's a lot of things you have to do. So it might be, it might be a better situation for me to have a, you know, an in-house person that rents a desk from me, they rent the space, but then X amount of editing hours or whatever, like the payoff is for yeah. them to do that. Or I, you know, just charge them for the space or whatever, just trying right. to figure out a way to add some camaraderie, not kill myself with more overhead. So then I have to pass that on to my clients. Um, but also just provide a service that makes sense for people because the media world keeps changing. The more social media evolves and, and podcasting becomes popular, TikToks, Instagram, like, things are always changing. So I just want to make sure I can provide that yeah. the right services for people that help them. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, a couple things kind of going closer here. Uh, if you were to look back at Ryan's nod starting at Simpson college, right? What would you tell yourself or kind of change as you went through YouTube university and really grow into where you are now and then kind of going from there, like where can people find you at? Sure. Well, I think the, the message to myself would have been start sooner um, and I, I don't honestly, I don't know if I would tell myself anything else because my path really w- played to my advantage. Like there's not things I would change 
all the, the why, the stuff I talked about, the reason why I didn't get in earlier is because I didn't have a strong enough why. But once I discovered that, had a purpose, it steered me where I needed to go. So I, I wouldn't change anything. But I would say like a message to like a 20-something that's trying to figure it out is like explore everything. And if you think you have to do a certain career path because your parents think so or that's what you went to college for or whatever, it's like you will end up doing the thing that you're supposed to do as long as you just keep doing the things that you're passionate about, it will, it will unveil itself to yourself really soon. So that'd be my biggest advice to myself as a college student is like, have more fun, experience life, do crazy weird things and think outside of the box. So just enjoy your time. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Even if it is YouTube university, you're still crushing it and you got a great production going. And I, I appreciate for the videos you've done for me. I think it's, it's helped my business and then you're helping a ton of other people. I mean, around the world from what it sounds like. Sure. Sure. Well, and I appreciate you for doing what you do. Cause like I said, um, my favorite shoots are the ones where I get to go with people that are helping the fitness community and making people healthier. So I, right. I really enjoy that cause it's just fun to see people doing their thing and any more eyeballs I can get on your business and get people healthier. It, it makes the world a better place. So it makes yeah. me feel like more, warm butterflies in my tummy rather than uh, <laughs> making something for a stale industry. That's right. like, Oh, it's like finance or, indis- yeah. or insurance or something. It's right. more, it's more fun that way. So absolutely. And that's why I always tell people, Hey, you got to come check him out and like, let him work with, work with you. Cause I think you do the best videos out there. Uh, where can people find you out or get a, get a hold of you? Sure. Well, I appreciate you for having me on the show. Um, so it's Ryan Snod, S N A A D T. Um, it rhymes with odd, um, but best place with, to rise with odd podcast. Yes. Rhymes with odd podcast is on Apple iTunes, everything weekly shows, business yeah. entrepreneurship stuff, but, <laughs> um, best place is probably my website, snodmedia.com. So S N A A D T media. And then I'm very active on LinkedIn. So if you're a professional and wanting to learn more, I post all the time, like helpful tips, free advice, um, case studies to just learn about like what we're doing, what my crew and I are doing from the marketing side to kind of help people stand out and learn learn some a thing or two about marketing so yeah absolutely i appreciate you having me on or having you on yeah not me sorry yeah. we're in your space so i got all confused <laughs> <laughs> but i appreciate coming on the show uh you're definitely a lead individual um that's another episode of the becoming elite podcast tune in next time have a blessed day